Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning into another brand new episode of Average, the podcast where average people share their above average stories. My name is Stephen Smith, and I am usually your host, but today we decided to do something a little bit different. A few weeks back, when I had Jamie Ewald on the show, we took turns sharing travel stories and interviewing one another. She shared her story of backpacking through a very rural mountain community in South Africa, a country called Lesotho, and the amazing experiences that she had while going through that process. And in return, she interviewed me about my time spent in Southeast Asia, specifically when I was seriously injured in Southern Thailand and had to catch a last-minute emergency flight back to California where I spent a week in the emergency room. If you haven't listened to them, make sure you go back and check them out. They are available in the feed. As always, if you've listened to previous episodes, I really appreciate your support. And if you're brand new to the podcast, Welcome. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, Please subscribe to be alerted when new episodes air, and you can like my page on Facebook just by searching for Average with Stephen Smith. For today's episode, I had another previous guest, Lisa P., come back to the show, and she interviewed me about the second half of my trip. After about three months of healing in California, I headed back to Southeast Asia to finish this huge life journey that I had started only six months earlier. Uh, this episode specifically is about my travels in northern Thailand and Laos, which is a country that I think not very many people know much about. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy it. You are listening to Average with Stephen Smith. And we are recording. Good morning. How are you doing today, Steve? Welcome. Welcome to Average with Steve Smith, co-starring Lisa Palo today. <laughs> I'm doing well. Thank you for being my guest host Yeah, today. thanks for being on the show. Of really course. looking forward to pumping up our listening volume. I think we have like up to about a million subscribers right now. <laughs> One million. <laughs> Whoever just became the million, you will get a... Five high fives. Box of rocks. Or five high fives in the mail. Five high fives in the mail. You can email. You can email high fives, I think. And then you can read the email if you ever find us out. Cool. Well, so why don't you tell me what's going on, Lisa? You know, today I'm pretty excited because I get to co-interview. Co-interview? I don't even think that that's something that you do. But I'm interviewing you, so that's exciting. It's kind of like my dream of always. I keep hearing people saying, I wanted to start a radio show, and it's the one time you get to pretend to be cool. Like, oh, I'm on a radio. I pretend to be cool every single day. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I like to pretend to be cool every day, but I think half the time it doesn't go as well as I planned. Well, that's part of pretend, though, right? Yeah, but then I forget that I'm pretending, and I'm like, oh, I really am cool. Maybe that's what you're doing. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, <laughs> my own Kool-Aid. Well, so cool. Well, Steve, so... it's my show. It's my show. I apologize. Let me lead. Let me let me be the, the guy in the dance here. I don't know, whatever that was, but whatever. So... <laughs> Talk to me. Why are you here today? How are you doing? What have you been up to? I've been doing some stuff, and um, I, I wanted to do another episode. I did an interview, kind of a co-interview with Jamie Ewald about travel stories uh, a couple of months ago, and I wanted to share another story, and I had such a blast when you were my guest, so I wanted to be your guest, but you don't have a platform to uh, no to platform. broadcast these things on, so you're using mine. Woohoo! So thank you for listening to Average with Lisa Palo. Yeah, Average with Lisa Palo, where cool people tell cool stories <laughs> about the everyday. So about Steve, everyday. I know last story we heard from you was that injury, which was crazy because I had never heard it before. So listening to it, I was in like you know in my apartment just like gasping, like oh my gosh, did, I, I did not know that you 
legitimately it was that severe of an injury so that was crazy also really good idea to come back to the united states to get that fixed because you could have been like peg like steve yeah i I mean i really do think that i was pretty close to losing it to not having a foot and then that sucks that's just not that's not a travel story you hear every day walking disabilities are the worst when i see people like struggling to cross the street Mm -hmm. because they can't walk properly i just am like that could have been you that's the battle yeah. That's the ultimate struggle. Okay, so now here's where we're, t- we're picking up where we left off is you're, you've healed. I've healed. How long did the healing process take until you got to make it back? So I spent about three months back in Southern California between L.A. living with Bree, my girlfriend, and San Diego living with Sean and Dave and all those people that live in the, the place down by the beach where I was literally just sleeping in a hammock above the <laughs> stairs for, mm-hmm. for a couple of weeks. Uh, while I was getting back on, on my feet, literally and figuratively. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I spent three months and I wasn't finished. So I told Bree, I want to go back. And I asked her if she wanted to come and she said she'd love to. So it took her a little bit of time. I was sick of kind of just treading water and not really having a place to live that was my own. And she still had a job. She had all of her things. She had an apartment. And so it, it took her some time. So I went back and I went and uh, she, it took her, you know, I think three months or something like that or two months to kind of tie up all of her loose ends where, you know, she could quit her job, she could put her stuff in storage, and then she could get out there to meet me and we could do the backpacking thing together. So I had some time to kill. Um, So I went back, started in Thailand, where I ended was in Thailand. And uh, so I went up to northern Chiang Mai, or excuse me, northern Thailand, a city called Chiang Mai, the same place that I was going to the hospital with my cut open foot. So you legitimately picked off right where you left off you there you were right yeah, back there yeah yeah pretty weird much being back when you got back initially no it was awesome you're just ready to just go full throttle yeah you i mean you fall back into stride when you have spent a couple of months backpacking and living that kind of lifestyle and then you get back and you're just totally you know i, I was committed to doing a year in asia and I, I just felt like it was cut so short so i spent a little time down in the islands just because that was what i really liked and then i was like okay let's move on so i went up to chiang mai where i hadn't really done a lot except for just healed and gone to the well, not really healed but thought i was healing and i was getting medical attention and so I started up there, and uh, I met a couple of guys from Texas. Their names were Colton and Marshall, and, and we spent pretty much the entire time together until I met up with Bree. But some of the things we did, we started in Chiang Mai. We did a, a three-day trek, which was really cool. Um, trek being? A trek being like you, you get a guide, and you literally hike through the mountains. And you meet all these like hill tribe families, and they do homestays where they welcome you into their house. They cook for you. And um, they're just so secluded. There's no internet. There's no TV. There's not even power. They use, I'm trying to think. They just, I think they have maybe gas stoves where they can refill these cartridges and hike them in. I don't know. It's very, very basic. But um, but it's funny. The first thing that I remember when we got to the first homestay was there was a little girl. She was probably, I'm hard at guessing ages, but five or six. And she runs straight up and she hugs everybody. And uh, what she was doing was she was feeling people's pockets she was gonna rob you. No, no a little, little less, <laughs> <laughs> a little more positive than that, a little less sinister. But what it was was she was looking for someone's iPhone, and as soon as she found, I think it was maybe Marshall, she found it, reached in, grabbed it, unlocked it. Within literally 30 seconds, she, she was playing the a game. The entire Justin Bieber album series. <laughs> no, but she was playing a game. She knew exactly what she was doing. She found a pocket. She found an iPhone. So in she a unlocked tiny it. She little found village that has no modern technology, she's she, she knows, knows how to work, how to work iPhones. an iPhone oh, because yeah. they have probably that many people that they have come through that many tourists so do they speak through. any english there or does the guy do a lot of translating they speak some english okay. but not a lot um 
the way that I think it works is the guide is family with the homes okay. or somehow related where he's getting money but for bringing them and then they're getting some money for hosting. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they cook you breakfast. They play music with you. Um, he, he had a lot of, like, time-killing games, like little riddles and something about moving matchsticks to make squares. I can't really remember all this stuff, but a lot they do fires and, and things like that. So um, it was cool. And part of the trek was also elephant seeing elephants and riding elephants which was pretty cool um they called it whitewater rafting but it wasn't really whitewater rafting it was in a whitewater rafting tube down this like very mellow lazy creek river. lazy river <laughs> and the guide is like trying to make it real intense so he's yelling paddle on the right paddle on the right or paddle on the left and he's splashing water and i'm just like this is come not on bro scary. this is like this is like <laughs> disneyland what are you doing right, you're on pirates of the caribbean <laughs> but it was cool so that was like our three-day trek um what else did we do in Chiang Mai? Oh, my! so my visa was going to expire. And I don't know if you understand how Thailand travel visas are, but you get, a, you get a 30-day visa on arrival. Mm-hmm. And so is that, that something that you pre-set up before you get there? You have to do it right when you land. You, you can actually get longer ones if you set it up in advance. Okay. But just because I didn't really know where I would be going or what I'd be doing, I didn't have a, a, a plan or an itinerary. Mm-hmm. What on arrival means is they just literally stamp your passport they say you have 30 days in the country and then you have to leave if you overstay the 30 days you have to pay a fine it's like 500 baht a day uh, excuse me baht is their currency it's like around 15 to 20 dollars there's 30 baht i think to a uh, u.s dollar so anyway my visa was expiring and we were up in chiang mai which is not real close to any border and so what they offer is these things called visa runs and what a visa run is they literally will jam pack some van with tourists, like uncomfortably shoulder to shoulder. It might hold eight people and there could be 11 people in there. Sometimes with so bags, sometimes with not. It's a van, it's not, not even a bus. It's, it's a tiny little. Yeah, it's a van. Yeah, it's like a. White little exactly. creepy van. Exactly, white creepy van. Wow. And uh, they drive you up to the border. So from Chiang Mai, the closest one is the Burma or Myanmar mm-hmm. border. And you literally just walk across. When you leave the country, they stamp your passport that you've left. And then when you come back in, they stamp your passport. Welcome to Thailand, you have 30 days. And you just drive back. And that's so it's that... like that awkward part when you're walking down the beach and you're like, all right, we're all going to turn around now. And then you, you just kind of stop walking forward and you turn around and you start going right back. So you just do the same thing. You just cross the border, turn around and go right back into the, into the country. Yeah, and there's like, I mean, there's a, bun- there's a market on each side of the border that helps kind of their own tourism. Oh, okay. So you can, so you can, you can buy food, you okay. can buy trinkets, crap. But that little van that you take there doesn't sit there all day and wait for you. Probably like an hour. Okay. And say you miss that van, do you have to wait? For an unforeseeable you, amount of time until another one maybe comes. You probably have to bribe somebody. So that you can be that 11th person and yeah. the 8th person holding totally. man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not sound appealing. <laughs> yeah, it's so uncomfortable. And so, sweaty. Do they have air conditioning in the van? Uh, Probably not. Sometimes, but they got windows. I don't know. It's, it's not good. Yeah. It's not a fun experience. Yeah. So me and these two guys that are from Texas, they're very, like, they're adventurous. They're fun. Um, we actually spent, I don't know, probably s- seven weeks Seven weeks? So that's how long I was there before Bree got, I think, was seven mm-hmm. weeks. But anyway, together, we decided let's do something else. So we looked into renting motorcycles. And most people just rent scooters, like little Vespa. You know, 50cc Vespa scooters with your feet in the middle. But we rented some big bikes, some motorcycles, and, <laughs> and we, uh, yeah, street bikes. And we rode up through northern Thailand, through the mountains, to the Burma. The same route that the vans would take, but we did it on motorcycles at our own guided time. So much cooler. 
so much cooler. It was actually on my birthday, my 27th birthday. Which is even cooler. And it was so good. We got there 6 a.m. The people that sold us the bikes opened early for us even. We rented them. We took off. And uh, I've never ridden. I mean, I've ridden a motorcycle, like, around town. Like, my buddy had a street bike. He's, like, in high school. He's, like, you want to ride it? Go ahead. I would ride it just around real slow. Never probably hit more than 30 miles an hour or whatever. And um, so we just did it. How and, fast uh, were you going on these, you think? Well, it was in kilometers. So I think probably the, the fastest we hit was like maybe 120 kilometers an hour. Which, I don't know, maybe like 75 or 80 miles an hour. That, for never riding? Yeah, well, um, it didn't start that fast. So you start real slow. You kind of like get the feel for it. Plus, we're on the left side of the road, not the right side of the road. And um, you just don't know what these drivers are doing. I would be so doing. intimidated. I give you guys mad props for that because I don't know. Especially because you're on the other side of the road. You're totally in a foreign country on a mountain range just like i don't know do they have is there like what if you can you tip over the side of the mountain is that even a thing yeah totally um there's like there were some drop-offs we we tried to be really safe about it we we knew what we were getting into and we knew we were doing a dangerous thing so we were trying to do it the safest way possible elbow pads knee pads (laughs) no but helmets for sure um didn't have music on or anything like that or at least i didn't i don't know if they did and we just went. It was great. You know what I mean? And like when I reflect on it, it's different when you're when you're there, like in the thick of it doing travel, like every day is an adventure. Mm-hmm. Every day is something new. Every day you're always looking for something new and exciting and fun. So it just fell into place that we took this took us about seven hours, 500 mile round trip motorcycle ride in one day to go just go into Burma, get our passport stamped and came back. It was it was so good. So was who was in charge of holding the map? <laughs> so we didn't have a map. <laughs> the way that you work because you're guys because we're a bunch of homies oh well, this way <laughs> yeah let's, let's just go left here don't ask for directions <laughs> <laughs> no one I mean not everyone speaks English especially oh. when you get back into rural Thailand you're not so much in the touristy areas where they really don't speak any English and they don't necessarily see a lot of white faces and you're crossing through these towns and when you go to restaurants like when we stopped to eat they didn't speak any English like we just kind of like pointed to things. And you thought you knew what you were ordering, but you really never knew what you were ordering. Yeah. Well, you learned some basics. Like I'm trying to remember now, cause this was man, almost, almost two years ago, year and a half ago, mm-hmm. but you learned some, like, I remember moo is pork. Guy is chicken. Cow is rice. So like little things like that. So if you say, you know, moo guy, I think that means white rice and chicken. So you, you can order the basics and, and not be too crazy, but a lot of times we just point to something or if we saw something that somebody else was eating, like, yeah, we want that one. That times three. But it was awesome. And um, that was one of the adventures that nobody really does. Everyone just pays that money right. to to get in the van and, uh, and, and we did something different. So that was cool. So that was Chiang Mai. And then after we came back, we had another 30 days. And we're like, what do we do with 30 more days? So we went up to this town called Pai. And this town in northern Thailand called Pai is super small, and I just know it's going to be wrecked in another five years. It may already because more and more people are going about it. You hear about it in Chiang Mai, and five years ago, no one knew about it. Do you think it's a good thing or a bad thing or a bit of both? It's good for them because tourism means money, Mm -hmm. but it's bad because it loses that that charm, that like small Thai mountain village charm is getting overrun by white faces and a lot of travelers. But, uh, but we did some really cool stuff up there. We took Muay Thai lessons from some, like, really old-school dude who lived in the gym. Is that the one where you, like, move real slow? <laughs> tai Chi? No, nope, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> no. Muay Thai is like, uh, it's like boxing, okay. but with kicks and elbows oh. and clinches and knees. And it was fun. So we just kind of, like, learned the basics. How long did were it you as exercise. For? We were there for two, two weeks, 15 days. And you did the homestays there, too? 
or no we stayed in a hostel up okay. there yeah so um a hostel was called common grounds it was actually run by an american guy whose brother was married to a thai lady and and they bought it because i don't think that westerners can own property in thailand oh. um you have to have a thai name on it so they were married so they got it together um yeah so so pie was really cool we did a cooking class up there um and then kind of where I want to get into is the, the next country we went to, which I don't think a lot of people have gone to because so many people now are going to Thailand. It was We went to Laos. And Laos is north and east from Thailand. Mm-hmm. And the way that you do it is from Chiang Mai, you go up kind of the same exact route that we took to go to Burma almost, um, but you go right instead of left. And you go through this town called Chiang Rai, which has just like nothing but temples and restaurants. And then you get to uh, the Mekong River. And the Mekong River runs along the coastline of the two countries. And from from Thailand, you get in a long boat, which maybe holds 40 people, but they pack like 60 the on huge it. Yeah. Overpack. And it's literally just like bus seats that were ripped out of a bus and set into this wooden boat frame. And um, you spend two days on this boat just cruising down the Mekong at like cruising legit. 10 miles an hour floating <laughs> yeah you might maybe just with tide no I think there were probably engines but it felt like we might have just had the current taking us at that speed an engine is just they take turns swapping paddling in the back pushing you to go wow. <laughs> they got little flippers <laughs> or paddle rowboat dang for two days two days on a bus seat on a bus seat with no leg room did you just like pack a little cooler how'd you eat I don't know. You didn't eat. I was, I was, I was like, I was really sick. Oh, okay. This is, and it's like such a common, I think, story of different parts of people's travel is like, you get sick. Mm-hmm. Not, not a lot, but you get, you get put under a couple times because you're not taking care of yourself. You're partying. You're um, eating just like questionable food, street food, greasy food. Everything is cooked with like buckets of butter. Stuff that your body's sugar, probably not even used to spices. eating. Spices. Yeah, really spicy you food. Don't yeah, have exactly. Hand sanitizer. So I just like that later. <laughs> yeah. No, I actually did travel with hand sanitizer. At some, by the end, I did it. Okay. Or like um, wet wipes. Yeah. yeah. Wet wipes are good, because there's Seven Elevens everywhere, and uh. With actual Seven Elevens. I mean, I don't know if they. Their pay. version of a Seven Eleven. No, it's called a. It's a sign oh. that says Seven Eleven. It's exactly the same. I don't know if they have copyright laws, so I'm not sure that they're paying royalties to Seven Eleven in the United States. <laughs> but uh, but it says Seven Eleven. It's the green and orange or whatever their colors yeah, are. Yeah. The exact same logo. So you spent two days sick on a boat going 10 miles an hour to get to Laos. Laos. Yeah. And what'd you do in Laos? So Laos is great. So I didn't know anything about Laos when, um, did you get coerced into going there? Were you the one that was like, I want to go here. I think a lot of people were kind of talking about it and I was just like, I don't know anything about it, but if you guys are doing that, I'm cool to roll with you guys. So the Texans talked you into it. Yeah. I mean, and I think that they actually had met people in Pi that were going to be doing it too. Mm-hmm. Um, so we ended up getting on the boat and I kind of just found a spot in the back to just be sick, be in the corner and just lean and sleep out for two days. And, and they met great. like so many people. They met like a group, like there were probably five or six different small groups that ended up all being together to about, I think between 15 and 20 of us. And we all traveled Laos together which was really cool because that's just kind of how people do when they're traveling. Was it um, predominantly American? No, all over the country, all over the world. So there were some English, some German, um, some Americans. I think a lot of English. This girl from Denmark. I can't remember everybody. That's now. gotta be so cool to just kind of 
mosh that many cultures all together to travel in a place that you've all never been to. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah, so the first place in um, in Laos that we go to is called Luang Prabang. And Luang Prabang is like just so beautiful it's like it's like colorado of the united states it's just like very outdoorsy there's rock climbing there's all these waterfalls and like swimming lagoons um and the the two things i remember the most about laos are sandwiches they have sandwiches everywhere everywhere you go it's like you get baguettes they're called baguettes and it's just like a french roll and you can put egg or meat usually chicken or eggs on it and some vegetables but that's it was like i'm trying to think what laos currency is the kip i think it's the kip Mm -hmm. maybe that's cambodia i can't remember but it was like 50 cents for a sandwich and so you just always you always eat sandwiches and the bars all the bars in luang prabang are dedicated to a different american tv show and they just have these they just have these with stars bar they just have these no better than that they just have these flat screen tvs and all they do is there's like 10 bars in a row and one is playing the whole series in order of friends Sweet. The one next to it. Sex and City, I hope. Um, I'm trying to remember how I met your mother. <laughs> next to it, Family Guy. Next to it, I think it's like South Park. It's just like American media restaurants, and they just started episode one until whatever's current, and they started over That's all day all long. All they do. At and these... so, yeah, so we all just like everyone kind of, at least for me, because I was still kind of sick. I just like would peel off. I'd get like a watermelon smoothie or something, and I'd sit in the bar. And just watch TV for <laughs> watch Family Guy for like five hours. Like, am I home? This is so weird. Because <laughs> we're we stay you stay in hostels, so you don't have like private space. Oh yeah. You know, so it's like it was an empty restaurant because not a lot of people go to Laos, and I just would lay on the floor with like some either beanbag or like. Would you say that was the biggest downfall of traveling like that for that long, just lack of privacy and alone time? Or is that something that you kind of knew going into it that you were going to have? I mean, you get used to it. And also, you have the option to spend a little bit more money and get a private room. But when you're traveling alone, like, you are committed to spending time with strangers and meeting new people. Like, that's part of the fun and part of the excitement, different cultures, different expectations, different habits. Do you keep in contact with these guys that you traveled with, the Texans? Uh, Colton was actually out here in San Diego, I want to say like two or three months ago this summer. Cool. He was out here for his dad, I think, as a pharmacist, and there was some kind of pharmacy convention in San Diego. So he's like, oh, I know someone in San Diego. So he just came along. Sweet. And we surfed, and we went to the bars, and uh, and then he left. But um, but yeah, and then I still get Snapchats from Marshall and stuff. I don't know if they listen to this. If you guys do, what up? Hey. Shout out. Texas. Texas. Yeah, so it was cool. So that was Long Prabang. Um, and then from Luang Prabang, we get back in those little miniature white vans, and we drive to this town called Vang Vieng, and you drive... This is still Laos, right? This is still Laos. <clears throat> you drive through these mountains, and the drivers are lunatics. They're so crazy. They're doing, like, I don't know, 70 miles an hour around these, like, hairpin turns, not slowing down through villages. There's, like, kids playing on the side of the road, and they just rip Blow it right through. through. And we're literally, like, yelling at them, like, can you please slow down? Can you please slow down? But he just ignores everybody. And uh, I think that it's probably he's paid per trip. So oh, it's like so time is money, money for him. But all it takes is one mess up and you got 12 dead tourists. And it's just like, it's scary. Yeah. But uh, so we kept going. So Vang Vieng is famous for, actually I'm wearing a Vang Vieng shirt that, I'm, that I got. It's known for uh, the inner tubing. They do this inner tubing like bar crawl. What? And so it's still on the Mekong River. 
and you enter at the beginning and it used to be that you float down this river and there's like 30 bars and you stop at a bar and you get a drink you get back in you stop at a bar and you just you put grab a drink. Or tube to yeah a dock. they have they have dudes out there with these big long ropes and like a, a shoe or something on the end to toss you pull you in dock your tube and then you go in get a couple drinks oh my god that is so cool it was super cool so me and uh 30 Texans, bars in one well so it got too crazy they oh. don't have 30 bars they have like six bars now oh, okay because people were like drowning and even in the six bars we were like, have to get to all 30. we were like shit-faced you know and we went before we got on we bought a bunch of squirt guns at one of the stores we just filled them with liquor and would like, just <laughs> oh squirt at many people or each other that sounds like a bad idea and uh we had some drama, this English girl, I don't even remember what happened because I wasn't like right in the thick of it, but apparently she was in her bikini trying to get her deposit back for the tube and they were like giving her a hassle and some guy kept taking photos of her on his iPhone, this guy from Laos who has an iPhone, which I don't know how long it took him to save up that money and she was like, stop taking photos of me and he didn't. She walked up to him, she grabbed his iPhone and she smashed it on the ground. Oh. And it just like blew up Aww. i think she i think he punched her and i don't know shit hit the fan this everyone's screaming or post this is post tubing this is like the sun has set we're trying drunk. to like everyone's hammered there's some tourists and some locals and like usually there's scams there's always scams mm-hmm. in foreign countries so i think maybe they're trying to rip her off i don't know mm-hmm. tough to say but anyway she slammed his phone he punched her in the face shit blew up they ended up going to the police station to like file the report and i just was like i i don't want to be involved yeah, in this. it was like it was such a mess Ugh. but other than that you know laos <laughs> laos Go, so, so what was the best part of laos what? well so it keeps going right oh. so so from vang viang we go to vientiane which is the capital and then from vientiane we go down to the very south a place called dondet which is also known as four thousand islands and it's the bottom of the mekong where it it kind of What's the word? It like forks off. It's, it's delta? It gets re- a delta. Oh my gosh. Oh my Look gosh. Um, it becomes a delta and there are literally just all these tiny islands. It's called 4,000 Islands because I assume there's 4,000 of them or roughly that amount. Mm-hmm. And so we stayed there on, on Dondet and it's like they have all these hotels on these cliffs above the Mekong with just these wooden planks hanging over that you just jump off into the water. How and then high? you climb back up. Uh, different heights, 10 feet. 20 feet at the, maybe the most. So I'd just be in charge of taking photos. You don't, you <laughs> I would not do You would that. not jump off of a 10 I know. It sounds really, really If you were traveling, stupid. you would. I don't know. I don't like heights or butterflies. Like the stomach kind of butterflies. Just not on my list of things to do. But I would. I love watching people. I'm like, you're crazy. Woo. I got so many good photos. Would you ever go skydiving? Nope. Never ever. No, but this isn't about me, Steve. It's about you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> So you went, would you call it cliff diving, like mini cliff diving? Well, there's cliff diving a lot of places. So okay. in the southern Thailand, we did some cliff diving. In the Philippines, we did some cliff diving. This wasn't really cliff diving. Okay. It was more like a homemade diving board. But it was still cool. And then um, I found out down there that they have, did you know there's freshwater dolphins? No. So the Mekong River is freshwater. And we did this kayak tour where there are these freshwater dolphins just swim around you. And they don't have like a pointy nose like Flipper. It's like a snub nose. Oh. Yeah, strange. So they're ugly? Super ugly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like... um, These are cute. Kind of like a... You know what a narwhal is? Mm -hmm. Like a narwhal with no horn. With no unicorn thing? With no horn. Oh. Poor little creatures. Poor, sad little freshwater dolphins. Yeah, so that was it. I mean, that was pretty much the end of 
Laos, I guess. Questions I have. Okay. Bugs. Were they everywhere? Yeah, there's bugs everywhere you go in Asia. But they were like, were they big? What about when you were in the water? And like, do they have, I don't know, not croc, some kind of predatorial large reptile that swims around and anaconda? I don't you think know, so. I don't think really, think we never saw really any snakes, or water snakes at least. Um, bugs are more like flying around, like you're always itchy. Ooh, when you're backpacking, like you're naked and afraid itchy. kind of thing, like you're just getting bit. Yeah, a but lot. clothed though? Yeah. <laughs> clothed and itchy. <laughs> That's what clothed we'll call that. And word. Itchy. <laughs> clothed and itchy. Man, I don't know, bugs. Do you yes. have bug spray? Do you carry that or people don't really care? Yeah, I mean, you try to. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna like during the treks, for example, mm-hmm. we when we were like way back in the mountains, we would try to use bug spray and so was your foot during all this trekking and moving did, were you like getting you were you still kind of healing at this point like did you start if you walked a lot feel like kind of pain or yeah well so we're i mean if i had already done my visa run that mean i'd been that that had mean that would mean that i had been in thailand for over a month mm-hmm. so it's like this is like four plus months from when it actually happened so yeah i think it was pretty much fine it, it doesn't really bug me too much anymore um it feels kind of weird and it looks kind of weird. It's probably always going to be like that. It probably will forever. Just look down and smile now. <laughs> but no issues. And I, I just like, I'm more aware of my feet. Like, mm-hmm. I want to wear shoes instead of flip-flops. So I like to wear both. I wear, like, cloth shoes instead okay. of flip-flops a lot. So um, nobody, well, would you say that was the, the reason, part of the reason why maybe before when you were there you were wearing flip-flops when you got injured? Or No, I wasn't wearing any shoes. But it's just, be more conscientious. I, I'm more conscientious of injuries to my feet now okay. because having lived through it yeah you know yeah but yeah so a lot of people haven't been to laos and it's it's so beautiful it's still like kind of brand new to tourism i think like thailand is is for sure the biggest mm-hmm. um cambodia and vietnam are, are getting up there because cambodia has angkor wat do you know what angkor wat is mm-hmm. it's this big temple huge temple and the ancient civilization um which is actually where we headed into after laos but that'll be for another story did you go to temples when you were in Thailand and in Laos? For sure in Thailand. I don't think many temples in Laos. I don't know that there's that much history. A lot of the history in Laos has to do with, and it's super sad, um, the wars, and there's still just like so many land, like apparently undetonated landmines throughout Laos and Myanmar and Cambodia from when we were at war with Vietnam. So they have like these humanity projects, humanitarian projects where they're, they deton- they I guess, what is it? Undetonate D... What's the word? I couldn't even tell you. Make them word. not dangerous anymore. Okay, they take the, undangerify. They find, they unde- <laughs> undangerify. <laughs> they take these unexploded landmines and they de-detonate them. Undangerify. <laughs> they That's un- probably the better term. They <laughs> undangerify them. And um, they melt on the metal and they make them into like little trinkets that you can buy. Did you ever get a- worried when you were around there that you might be in range of a, one of those or have they found a lot of them or do they know where they're located i think it's kind or... of both like they have they found a lot but they estimate that there's still just so many out there it's really scary and sad but you know we stayed mostly in civilized areas right and on tours and stuff it's not like we were trekking off um oh one thing that i wanted to talk about that i forgot actually and i think this is in luang prabang they have what everyone does is they go to the bowling alley at night for some reason like okay. there's not a lot of bars or something so 
the last bar closes at like 10 o'clock and then everyone goes to the bowling alley and you it's this like kind of ghetto bowling alley that doesn't have shoes you just do it barefoot <laughs> but but it's like indoors so stone style totally so actually the the bar is big for outdoor volleyball and hookah for whatever reasons so people smoke hookah and watch people play indoor volleyball or outdoor volleyball in this like sand pit and then when that bar closes everybody goes to the bowling alley let's go bowling and you take your shoes off and you bowl so that's weird. So you bowled, too, while you are there. So we bowled. So you were getting a little taste of Western civilization with your family guy shows in the bars and bowling and... Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, Tooting. and then here's another thing, too. I'm just, like, reliving this. I even made notes to try to remember things, and I left things off clearly because they're just coming to me. Mm-hmm. There's this place called the Blue Lagoon, and it is, like, evidence that nature is the most beautiful thing so it's just this big deep beautiful swimming hole with this huge tree that just goes over it and these branches that come out and the first branch is like 10 feet above the water and you can climb up the tree and jump off the 10 foot branch or you can climb further up the tree and there's like a 30 foot branch that you can also jump into the hole and from the 30 foot branch they secured a giant rope swing so you can be on the edges and just swing out into it. So it's like one big swimming hole with like, I don't know, maybe 40 people there that don't really know each other. And they just take turns swimming around. And there's this tree swing and there's the tree jumps. And then back behind it, there's this big natural cave that we decided to go back in there and kind of explore. And like we see people coming out in like full hiking trekking shoes and headlamps and we're like barefoot in our swimsuits just with iPhones it and it's like so dark in there and we just went like uncomfortably far in this pitch black cave like caving with barefoot, iPhones with iPhones barefoot. when people are like got their camel backs wow. and their boots on so clearly you still had a couple lessons to learn in the traveling yeah safely yeah we don't really that was an undated i'm not a good planner is what it comes down to sounds like you need to breathe i'm a man of action breeze <laughs> brie was the planner once brie like, met no, with no, us no, we're not going in there without shoes on <laughs> it could be like bat poo and crazy spiders those, like, spikes that go grow up stalagmites stalactites sure. one of those and the, the bugs too the bugs wow so how long were you in actual laos for I think probably around a month. Okay, so it was... Maybe a little bit less, maybe three weeks. And then how did you end Laos? What was the... How did you separate from your Texans? How did you guys peacefully come to that? Hey, we've traveled together. I think this is it. Yeah, because I was meeting... So we went from Laos into Cambodia and then spent a little bit of time in Cambodia and I went back to Bangkok to fly to Manila where I met Bree. Okay. So I said goodbye because I was going to meet the girlfriend. And... um. Then we met in the Philippines, and we did the Philippines, and we did Vietnam, which uh, is all just another story. Yeah. Wow. So were you sad to leave the kind of group that you had? Yeah. It's. With? I mean, it's not a big deal though. You meet and you say hello and you say goodbye. It's like mm-hmm. it's fun. It's part of traveling right. for me. It's like you meet people, you enjoy their time, single serving friends almost, and then you move on. It's kind on, of morbid. On to the next. On to the next. <laughs> that is quite a way of looking at it. I'd be like, hey, man, I friend you on Facebook, and you got to come and visit me. And But, I mean, if you had one of the guys come out and see you, that's pretty cool. At totally. Least, you know, you do maintain some type of connection. And, yeah, we're all friends on Facebook, so, like, you kind of get updates yeah. and stuff. But, uh, but mostly, yeah, it's just it was cool to have them a part of that experience. But, I mean, you just can't really, like, force those friendships from across the world. Right. That's tough. 
unless you like travel to that other part of the world like hey i'm in denmark remember that's that next, time that's we were next in time house? yeah totally and i i imagine that would probably be true if someone is coming to san diego hit me up yeah show this is it open invitation right here it's happening boom wow laos laos vacation it do it love it explore it make if you it like happen. nature you like laos yeah also you hear or i heard this that in the laos language there's no word for me or like i everything is very communal there and i remember drinking with some of the locals and the way that they do it is people bring one beer and one glass and you fill it up and you drink it and then you pass it to the next person and you fill it up and he drinks it and then passes it to the next person and that's just like what they do is they're like social drinking sessions. It's probably a really great way to remain sober for longer than like an hour also. Yeah, and share any kind of diseases that you may have right? with each other too. Friends. Sharing is caring. Sharing is totally all about caring. Yeah, so that's, I mean, I don't know if that's even true, but that's like a cool thing to think about. Oh, that is really cool that there's no word for I or me. Yeah, just, it's all So it's kind of like the communal. Queen. Like when the queen's like, we, when she's talking about herself, it's kind of like that there. We, but when they say we, they probably really mean like me we. and my two friends, my brother and my sister and my child, we're all going to come we. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, yes, yeah, so that's pretty much it. Biggest takeaway. Go. Go. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's just, it comes down to, it's an under-traveled to place. Everybody wants to go to Thailand. Even people that have never even looked into going to Asia, hears about all these people going to Thailand and if you have the time, Laos is just right there and it's more of like the nature and like the real traveling than what it is in the south of Thailand where it's literally just getting drunk till four o'clock in the morning and listening to deep house music on the beach. Wow, that sounds awful. <laughs> Which is obviously <laughs> cool as well. But, okay, so you say you're not a planner. Is this a place to go if you, what if you are a planner? Can you really even go there and be like, I would like to go here, but can you really plan if there aren't really schedules that you can look up to go places, if you just kind of have, is it one of those places you have to kind of fly by the seat of your pants? No, I don't think so. I mean, TripAdvisor and Lonely Planet are like your best friends. Okay. And you can say, I want to do four days here and three days there. And you probably couldn't book the actual transit between ahead of time, but it's easy. Like it's easy to wing it then. Yeah, but you could say like, rough. I know that that yeah. day we're booking to go that day. Okay. So if you want to plan it and if you're on a tight schedule, absolutely. Okay. So it's not... It's definitely a place you can get lost in comfortably and enjoy, but if you really wanted to strategically plot it out, you could do that too. Sweet. Yeah, and I think that's pretty much anywhere. All right, well, I'm hoping I'm the first week of December off, so maybe I'll go. Yeah, check it out. You would fly into, where would you fly into? BKK? Probably, Bangkok, mm -hmm. or Cambodia, mm -hmm. or... Wow. You probably would, could connect through Kuala Lumpur. Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia is the hub for Asia Airways mm. or AirAsia. And um, so it's like really cheap flights to anywhere in Asia from KL. Where was the main airport you flew into? Bangkok. Bangkok. Bangkok and Kuala Lumpur. So like every time I was flying though, I would connect through KL. So it's like Kuala Lumpur. So I'd go like Bangkok to Kuala Lumpur to Hanoi, Vietnam, maybe, or... And that was, like, a little... That's just a tiny little connector flight, right? Okay. Yeah, they're, like... An, yeah, everything's, like, an hour. And, like, Do you 30, have to fly 30 or, or $40. It's super Is there really expensive. a way to get there other... To those little islands any other way? Yeah, you can do ferries, and you can do buses, but it's, like, sometimes more expensive or the same cost, and you're talking, like, 15, 15 hours. If you're going 10 miles an hour. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. That reminds me of a, an Anthony Bourdain that I just watched... 
the parts unknown also a series that I feel like you could totally identify with because he tries to go to all those places nobody goes to and they took a train and it was like coming off the tracks and it was maybe like 18 hour train ride and they were miserable and they would show the camera and the camera would just be like thrashing about and this train's just taking them into like the heart of the middle of nowhere and it's like the only way you can get there is on this really uncomfortable wooden bench train for that long of time yeah it's a headache especially it's like third world traveling yeah especially when you think about like even best case scenario you're looking at 11 hours of being uncomfortable <sighs> and four out of five times something's gonna go wrong something's gonna break down something's gonna overheat or you're gonna miss something it's gonna leave early it's almost always gonna leave late and it's just like man those those days are long yeah, but it's worth it of course because then it's you're part tubing of it. down a river on a, like a booze with a tour squirt gun full with a of liquor. squirt gun full of liquor. That is so cool. That's yeah. just not something you'd think would be there. Yeah, or then you're all. or you're swimming in the blue lagoon, jumping off of a tree. Right. And exploring a cave unpreparedly. With iPhones. With iPhone with iPhone flashlights. It's <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> awesome. Yeah, so that's it. So um I guess this is probably just like another little snippet of my travels. The I hope that people think of... it's interesting. I love travel stories, I love talking about it. The man, the legend, the myth, Steve. The average. Steven <laughs> the Smith. average Stephen Smith. Well, thanks so much for being here today. <laughs> Thank you for hosting this, taking all the work off of me and letting, <laughs> letting your guests just handle it. Yeah, I'll just ramble. I'm really good at babbling, so I'll just like continue to ask you really pointless questions, like about insects. But I think that bugs. might be. I love bugs. I don't. Actually, me neither. Yeah. They bite you and yeah. they transmit disease. Yeah. And... So. Anyway, so next time, maybe when we pick up, we'll, like, talk about the next series of where you were after this. Yeah, I mean, I, f- I feel like I never run out of these stories. I have so many more that I want to talk about. and um... You probably didn't even get to half the things you might have wanted to say on this. Like, you, you keep thinking of little things. And it's like, oh, but then there was also this one time. And then, actually, wait, light bulb. Yeah, and it's also, like, all the other aspects too like things i did in different places that it's just jogging these memories and i just i feel like i've been smiling the entire time that we've you been need having to journal this. this stuff so you don't forget it this is my journal right but you need to keep journaling it so here we go <laughs> this is number two of like i don't know let's not set it at a cap at anything but we're just gonna every time you think of more jot down what happened so we can come back you don't have to ask i'll do it again it's okay <laughs> Cool. We could talk about it again. It was awesome. I mean, you travel more than anybody. I know, but it's all fake. It's all for show. (laughs) Awesome. Cool. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. Woo!